Today on Unexpected Hauntings, we hear from a cable guy that ends up working on these witches' house. And the spookiest part is they find something demonic in the bushes. A terrifying encounter with a Soviet guy in a Soviet army war tunnel and how they escape. And finally, a story on a deceased grandparent giving a phone call from the other side. More coming up for you on today's episode of Unexpected Hauntings. Stay tuned, listeners. Listen if you dare, as we unfold stories of unexplained happenings and phenomena. Write in at unexpectedhauntings739 at gmail.com. This is where the unexpected and ghost stories are brought into reality. This is Unexpected Hauntings. That's right, guys. Um, Welcome back to another episode of Unexpected Hauntings. This is episode 10, and we are so excited about our new intro. Um, Back when I was working for 20th Century Fox as an intern, I came across a good friend of mine that is actually currently doing um, voice acting for Cartoon Network. And um, lo and behold, he fell upon this actual podcast that I'm doing. Um, and he was wondering if he could do um, a little bit of an intro for the podcast. So I said, sure, you know, give it a shot. Uh, we'd love to hear it. And he's got the most deep, raspy voice I've never, I've ever heard. And um, I told him he could probably fill in for um, Morgan Freeman if he wanted to. <laughs> but um, I was so, so excited on how it turned out that that's the new intro for the uh, um, for now on for the new uh, for Unexpected Hauntings. So we are just so, so excited about that new intro and hope that you guys are as well. Um, it'll add some more um, depth and cover a little bit more in detail of what's going on with this podcast, what it's all about, thinking about redoing the trailer so that way um, it'll be a little bit more in detail, of course, of like what this, what the hell this podcast is about. Is it just a nor- another ghost podcast um, that you find on iTunes or how does it stand out? And that's another thing I've been thinking about, is how does Unexpected Hauntings stand out from the rest of the others? Um, So, yeah, new things coming every day for Unexpected Hauntings, and we're really excited about that. Um, We're continuing to grow and learn more shit, and the more shit you learn, the more shit you can do. So, that's what we're learning here on this podcast channel, and... um, trying to make it more interesting for you guys as listeners because I know how sidetracked you can get. Um, Of course, I have ADD, so it's, you know, I I get sidetracked super, super easy. So I'm trying to make it to where you don't get as sidetracked and you can get more into the stories as well. Um, So, and also we've got some creepy-ass stories for you today. Um, Of course, we have a... um, story on 
the Hollow's End, the cable guy that goes to Hollow's End. Basically, it's just a story of how he he does cable work and stuff, and he fixes people people's Wi-Fi and all that. And um, he comes across some witches that he has to do the uh, cable for. Um, and they're doing a little bit of black magic during a storm. Um, that was a crazy, crazy-esque story. And I'm going to go more in detail with that with the first story as well. And, um, of course, the um, our other story is where this guy finds a Soviet Union Red Army tunnel. Um, and the dead of snow in the middle of the night. And, um, I don't know, it's just pretty interesting right there. And, of course, um, we're going to be going over how grandparents, how they can reach us from the other side. Um, it's a very touching story as well. But I um, hope that you guys will just stay tuned with us during this episode. And we'll try to get some more episodes out there for you guys that you can, um, you can get more connected to and... Um, can relate to as well. I'm trying to get more stories that everyone can relate to. It's more relatable and um, kind of pulls at your heartstrings. I think that that last story will definitely pull at your heartstrings as well. Um, Also, what's different about this episode is I'm actually adding discussions between the stories again Um, because I got some feedback and some people weren't too much of a fan of doing discussion after the story, uh, after the stories, and um, I'm cool with that. It it kind of makes sense because once you hear story after story after story, you kind of forget what the first story was, and you're just like, oh. And of course, I bring that story back in, but it's almost just better just to go right into the discussion right after the story, and then follow into the next story. So I'm probably just going to go back into that. Sorry for bouncing back and forth with that just testing out new things and it wouldn't be a fun podcast if it's different things each podcast episode right um it'd probably be kind of boring if it was the same thing each episode and um that's what i'm that's what i'm trying to do is um, make it different each episode not too different like adding an intro i won't be doing that anymore but um I had to add an intro because I didn't have a um, professional intro, per se. And now that I do, I'm going to be using that um, quite a bit for every episode. So, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode 11 for you guys. And we're going to jump into our first story, which is um, the cable guy when he he, um, does some work for some witches... And he discovers something hiding in the bushes that does not look friendly. And it has red eyes. So here we go, guys. This story is called, I'm a Cable Guy in the World's Creepiest Little Town, Hollow's End. Enjoy. The little town I live in is really closer to a village in terms of its size. We're not near any major freeways. We're located deep in the woods, far north of any cities or towns you'd have heard of. I say that the place is creepy only by the standards of the general public, which I observe on TV. Since my family has lived here for generations, it's normal enough to me. 
I watch a lot of TV as a cable guy is kind of a prerequisite. The big cable company which supplies the cable service in town doesn't like to send its people in too often. There's been too many accidents, so I've pretty much got a monopoly on installations and service calls in town. I don't get a lot of business since most of the residents are very old. They don't have much use for internet or cable TV. Occasionally, I'll recruit my brother if I need a hand on a busy day. In the summer, we get the occasional nosy tourist who heard about the place from a website or a friend. We try to keep them, keep them blind to what happens here. But things get past us sometimes, feeding the rumors online more and more. We've had more tourists in the summer months lately, and they don't always return from their trip to Hollow's End. Of course, that's not the real name. I'd never tell you that, as it would only feed the rumor mill. Rumor, my bad. If it would, it would only feed the rumor mill. There we go. But let me assure you, it's equally malevolent sounding. I'm sure the name only stokes the fires of the public's burning curiosity about the place. But there's no changing that. Although I've lived here all my life, I never quite know what I'll walk into during most of my service calls. Those who live in the town keep to themselves and they keep their secrets close. As much as I like to believe, I know what's going on in my own backyard. I have only vague suspicions and rumors to rely on for the most part. However, being a cable technician, you do gain access to people's houses and as, and as such, see the side of them residing there that few others see. Not everyone cleans up when the cable guy visits. The town's residents no longer call the cable company when they have a problem. They call me directly. I call the cable company myself if I have to and ask them for whatever assistance I need. Occasionally we need to call in the cable company's maintenance crew who eventually make their way into town to fix the truck line should it have noise issues or damage from a storm. Occasionally, an amplifier will need to be replaced or, God forbid, a tap. As strange as my little hometown is, I'll get to the specifics of that soon enough. It's gotten far weirder around here lately. There's something going on which has prompted me to begin this journal. I think about the metaphor of a, of a frog dropped into a pot of boiling water and jumping out. How if the water is cool when he gets in and it's heated gradually? He'll slowly boil to death. I think I'm the frog in the lukewarm pot of water that is Hollow's End. The recent strangeness started when a, when a large storm front passed through recently, knocking down a handful of cable lines and creating a lot of extra work for me and my brother who I had to call in for assistance. Storms passed here a lot, and more recently they have been almost constant. This makes life difficult as we are surrounded by trees and branches tend to fall down in high winds. We were over at sister's house, and they were desperate for us to get their Wi-Fi back up and running. I had checked the signal level and found it was dead at the POE, point of entry. 
I went outside and found the culprit to be a collapsed tree which had brought down the big RG-11 line coming into the back of the house from the telephone pole. The large downed tree had been reported to me by the sisters and when I first arrived I had a feeling it was the source of the trouble. They were eager to get the Wi-Fi back up and running for their weekly Coven meetings. They were broadcasting via Zoom for the Immunocromized. Im- Im- Sorry, <laughs> that's a long, that's a long weird weird um, word. Zoom for the Immunocromized. Im- compromised. I don't know. Um, Emma <laughs> not com- com- compromised uh, members of the group. I have no fucking clue what that means. Okay. Um, I got out in the backyard and saw the sister's garden was blooming brilliantly as usual. Tomato plants loomed over me 10 and 12 feet high, despite the fact that it was only June. Corn stalks resembling small tree lines, one section. There, these were almost liable to fall over the over the bring down a cable line one of these days. I amused to myself, only half jokingly. The sister's black cat followed me around the big backyard as I did my inspection, ready to report to the sisters if I touched anything I was supposed I wasn't su- wasn't supposed to. I walked further back with her at my heels and got to the back of the garden where the telephone poles stood. They carried power, power, uh, power, they carried power, phone lines, and coaxial cable lines, so I had to check for voltage before proceeding any further. No sense wasting more time now if the power company needed to be called first anyways, I thought. I walked up and pulled out the voltage meter from my tool bag, which I carried with me everywhere. It was full of useful things, and very heavy. I walked up and held out the voltage meter, checking the base of the telephone pole for stray voltage. The little light shone green, indicating there was no voltage present. I could hang up a new RG-11 and code a 16 into our system, since the line was over 200 feet long. A cool 25 bucks, not to mention the $12 for the initial service call. It was shaping up to be a lucrative morning. This would, would take an hour at most. I turned around to head back to my van and stopped cold. The plants at the back of the garden far, far off to my left were looking, weren't looking good at all. There was a patch of malicious black rot spreading from a central point which looked vile, full of hatred and bubbling at its core. What the hell is that? I said to myself. I looked over at the sister's cat who had been following me. It was growling a low, deep, guttural sound, then hissing at the strange black spot. It it stopped abruptly and stood there, listening for a moment. Then it abandoned me and ran back to the house. I looked closer to the bubbling blackness at the center of the spreading disease, or whatever it was it gave off, an unpleasant feeling sending shivers down my spine. I saw a veiny eye open up in the terry center of it. The 
eye stared at me briefly with its red malicious and blinked, then disappeared again. Not good. Not good at all. The sisters ran out. A minute later, they looked with grave concern at the black spot growing on the back of their garden. They, covered, they conversed for a minute and then came to me. You should not be here for this, the two sisters in the, said in unison. We have to call our sisters. This evil cannot be dispelled by just the two of us. I was a bit disappointed, but only a bit, changing a 200-foot aerial cable to in 100-degree weather isn't much fun. Kids, let me tell you. I would just come back another day to do it, whenever the sisters told me it was safe to come back. I saw an eye in the middle of that thing, I told them. What color was it? One said. Did it see you? Did it see your face? Said the other. It was red. Yeah, it looked right at me. It saw me. I gathered my thoughts. Should I be worried? Yes, they answered the question in unison again, sending shivers up my spine. Is there anything I can do? I asked suddenly, sweating heavily. Pray to your God we can kill it for you. Kill it if you wish. And with that, they went back to the house, and I followed quickly behind them. Things haven't been going well since that day, and the sisters have called to say they're ready for me to come back, meaning that the horrible blackness is still growing, getting bigger day by day. Part of me needs to go back to see how far it's spread, but I'm worried if I get there and see it, will it see me? Maybe I should listen to the sisters and just stay away. Wow. So, um, yeah, that was something else. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure not many cable guys can can have a story to line up with that. That sounds insane. So it's like some type of creature. That's what I'm wondering. Is it some type of creature or is it a some type of disease that's growing up and they're just hallucinating that it's an eye um and it sounds like there's more to the story as well so um i'll look into that and see i think it's a series um and uh i would be interested to see if he comes back to the place or not um let me know what you guys think about that story it's pretty creepy i mean it's it starts out normal of course just doing his own thing, kind of explains what he does, and then he goes to that house. And what it sounds like, uh, the sisters, they were doing a coven, or coven, uh, however you like to say it. And um, uh, coven is like, I uh, could be wrong, but um, you can um, help me on this. I'm pretty sure it's some type of like, witchcraft or it has to do with witchcraft um or black magic um so they might have been trying to do some black magic on zoom that's pretty interesting that's that's uh kicking up a notch on the modern era uh, never heard of of doing a coven on zoom 
Um, I guess you can do whatever you want on Zoom, you know? Uh, just never really thought about that. <laughs> but, um, so it makes me wonder if what they were doing there might have conjured up um, that black spot in the garden. Um, so I will definitely get back to you guys on that, on if um, that cable guy comes back. Um, and sorry about that word that I was just stuck on. I cannot figure out what the hell that word means or how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> I'm not the best at pronouncing like long, um, lucrative words per se. Um, but, uh, yeah, where the story was written really, really well. And, uh, thank you for that person, person, um, writing in that story. Um, and uh, that place is called Hollows Inn. I was wondering why it's called Hollows Inn. Um, is that because of the, the witches that live there? Is that why it's called Hollows Inn? Or is, is it just like a mysterious place? Because um, I like how he talked about the frog and jumping in, jumping out of the boiling water. And um, that was a pretty crazy uh, figure of speech that he used. Um, getting boiled alive um, as the frog and he thinks that that's him so um, yeah I'll get back to you guys on that if he goes back to the house or not I'm interested as well if he does but um, but yeah so that is that discussion for that story um, we're going to go on to um, the story about an encounter in a Soviet Red Army War Tunnel. You don't hear hear that very often. Um, so here we go. This is called My Terrifying Encounter in a Soviet Red Army War Tunnel. And it's a true story. I'm a tall yet extremely skinny guy and I'm 21 years old. I was 20 years old at the time and it was the week before the presidential election of the United States. I felt a lot of anxiety about the election as I live in Manhattan, and there are a lot of crazy people in that city who act as if the entire world is going to end over the one simple election. So feeling exhausted from both that and my university, I decided to visit my friends in Moscow. I'm half Russian and have an apartment in the center of Moscow. I had ever been in Russia while it, while it snowed, and luckily during this time, it was snowing. The city looked beautiful, and the vibe I had from the city was perfect. I felt so calm, safe, and the whole world around me just seemed so quiet. Unfortunately, I had se severe jet lag and fell asleep around 5 p.m. Moscow time that day. My friend went home to get ready for a class the next day and I woke up around 3 a.m. I couldn't fall back to sleep, so I decided to go outside and take a walk around my area while it calmly snowed. I walked around the dead, empty city in my district and took in all the beautiful architecture and snow falling down heavily. I don't remember for how long I was walking, but I crossed a bridge and entered deeply into a neighborhood I was not familiar with. I thought it would be okay as if as I was in my district and sort of remembered the way back home. I eventually came up to this ginormous 
entrance of a block unit with a beautiful gate on it. The gate was open, so I decided to step inside. It looked like a small little compound or something similar to it. If anyone is from Russia, they probably know what I'm talking about. Everything was dead quiet, and the trees canopied in the square complex. And to the right was an extremely tall building with a ginormous door. I peeked inside and saw a lightly dimmed lobby, typical Russian lobby vibe, with a blinking fluorescent light. I held on the door and to my surprise it was unlocked. I entered into the massive building and looked around. I saw many many, many stairs wrapping around the square leading up a small typical Russian elevator and to the right of the stairwell stairs that led down. The door at the bottom of the stairs was open. I absolutely do not know what came over me as I am not one to adventure alone. But as I started but but as I started earlier, everything felt so beautiful. The quiet vibe of snow covered Russia had me feeling so peaceful, and I decided to just tiptoe on down to the basement to take a closer look. I walked into the room with the open door and threw my flashlight on my phone. I saw an extremely long tunnel, and I could not see the end of it. I felt threatened by it and got extremely uncomfortable. I decided it was best for me to leave. When I turned around, the only light that was entering the tunnel was from outside of the doorway. I saw standing in the door a black silhouette. I quickly understood it was the outline of a person who was at least five inches taller than me. So I would would say he was about 6'5". He was massive and my stomach dropped so hard with my heart beginning to beat super quickly. He started to speak to me in Russian. But as my Russian isn't fluent, I did not understand everything he said. I'm sorry I don't speak Russian, I said to him in Russian. You speak English? He said in English to me. I told him I did, and he asked me if I knew where I was. No, I told him as my mind started to fill up with a lot of different scenarios, one of which with me having to run down this tunnel and getting lost to avoid him if he chased me. These tunnels are used to used for Red Army soldiers to move from one place to another during the war, he explained to me. This whole building used to be a bunker for Red Army soldiers. I said, ah, to show some interest, and began to move towards the left while, left while facing him, in attempts to get him to move out of the doorway. This whole place is now apartments. I have one of the top floor. You should come see it, he said to me. It's quite late, and I think I should be going, I said. However, he grabbed my small wrist with a lot of strength and led me towards the stairs to go to the main lobby floor of the lobby. I have of you your love, he called the small elevator, and if any of you have ever been to Russia, you'll know exactly what type of elevator it is. The type that can barely fit two people. He began telling me about how he just got back from Chicago and that his husband 
loved Chicago as well. This started to have me panicking as I thought to myself that they were going that there would be another man up to the up to where he was bringing me and I would have two men overpower me. Once we got to his room I looked to the massive studio apartment he had. He had only candles to light the room with a lot of tapestries dividing it up with both the candles and moonlight shining through it to create a super eerie vibe. I looked out of his window as he instructed me and I have to admit the view was amazing. I got a panoramic view of Taganskaya and of the Katalinskaya Embankment building. I then started scoping around, looking for an opportunity to get out of there. Where's your husband? I asked. He looked at me and laughed. Oh, he's dead. He then picked me up and asked, and I asked him what he was doing. He brought me to another room and began to touch me inappropriately. He ran his hand down my back and took my phone from my back pocket. I did not realize he did this, as I was just in horror as this man licked me and said explicit things in Russian. I tried to pull away, but it made him made him squeeze and corner me even harder. After about ten minutes of this, he told me to wait a minute. He went to his went into his bathroom, and in this moment, I immediately sprinted out over the door. There were there were no lights, so I went to pull out my phone for the flashlight. Only to my horror, the phone was missing from my back pocket. I almost nearly had a heart attack as I realized I would have to go back into the bedroom to get my phone. I darted back into the room and saw my phone lying on the couch he had next to his bed. I grabbed it and ran for the door. I unlocked two locks on one door and then I opened that one. There was an outer door. I managed to get it open as I ran out the uh, as I ran out the adrenaline was so high in me I ignored the elevator and went straight up the stairs. I ran around the circle circles down it for what seemed like forever until I finally reached the bottom. I practically leaped down a few steps to go out of the lobby into the main door and I had entered I practically leaped down a few steps to go out of the lobby into the main door I, I had entered from. It wouldn't wouldn't open, so I pushed as hard as I could on it. I then began to start sobbing to myself and cursing, and then the thought of me having to go back into that tunnel to hide again from him came over me. I almost began to accept that as a reality at this point. I quickly tried to pull myself together and noticed the typical button you should press to disable the, ma the magnet that holds the door locked. I pressed it, heard the, the monotone beep that follows, and fell out of the door into the snow. I never understood why characters could not pull themselves together when running into horror movies, always falling on themselves. But in that moment, I did the same. And I sort of understand it now. I treaded through the high... The, through the thigh-high snow into the main road by the excite by the exciting by sorry <clears throat> by exiting the complex I sprinted ignoring my lungs screaming for air down the main road 
only slowing down once I reached a bridge that lead that led me to my street. Once I got inside, I sat in my bed for two hours, nearly shaking, before I told anyone about it. Wow, so um, they, uh, that's, um, that pretty much goes to show that if you, even if you feel safe, you should still take safe precautionary measures. Um, because, you know, it sounds like the person was definitely in their comfort zone, was, you know, everything was hunky-dory, everything was good. And was just enjoying the snow, kept walking, and curiosity got the best of them. And I think that that's, um, I mean, I don't know. I, w- I wanted to say, like, that's how most horror movies, like, end up, is curiosity gets the best of them. And that's a big case for most movies out there. But, um, it really did. In this case, it got the best of them. He saw that the doors were unlocked, um, and it almost seems like that guy might have might have been luring luring him into um, into his place. And uh, it sounds pretty crazy. And uh, so his husband is dead too. So I'm wondering what happened to his husband. Um, Hopefully, you know, I assume the worst. Hopefully it wasn't like any like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those hostile movies. Hopefully it's not like a hostile where they um, beat them to death and then, you know, cut them to pieces and sell their body parts and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Hostel. Hostel's pretty, it's a pretty gruesome movie. But it, it kind of reminded me of Hostel because it's like they're, they're trapped underground. Um, they get sexually assaulted. And then they get sold. The body parts get sold. So hopefully he didn't do that to his husband. Um, But um, who knows? There's crazy people out there that do crazy shit every every day. And they get away with it too. Um, Who knows? This guy might have never gotten caught. Because it says he didn't even call the police on him. If this shit happened to me... I would have left and called the cops on his ass. Just saying. Um, because that's that could happen to anyone else if he left those doors unlocked and everyone and some that person it could be a chain reaction um, to someone else. They could be feeling the same thing and it can lure them in there and then they might not have the capability to run away like he did and you know, one by one, missing um, teenagers or college students, per se, because it sounds like he's in college. Um, so, um, yeah, write in and let us know what you think about this story, um, because this shit is no joke. And uh, I don't know. I'm kind of curious what he said to his roommate. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. I I don't even know if I would share that with my roommates. I'll just keep it to myself. Um but that's some crazy shit. And uh glad that he was able to get out for sure. But um 
Yeah, so, um, well, I mean, it says at the very end, before I told anyone about it, so it sounds like he did um, tell anyone about it, but hopefully this story didn't creep you out too much, because um, I'm trying to keep it sensitive on here, to an extent, Um, but, you know, if, you know, this got you uncomfortable, whatever, just let me know. And, um, we can do some other stories that don't make you feel uncomfortable, but sometimes the most gruesome and crazy stories that have a good story to them have to be like this, um, to raise awareness. And, uh, I think that's what a lot of ghost stories are, is, um, raising awareness for sure. They, uh, raising awareness that there's, of course, this wasn't a ghost story, but, um, just, I guess, raising awareness that there's darkness out there and, uh, you know, just, um, keep an eye out for that and, uh, guard yourself from that as well. So with that being said, we're going to go to our last story of this episode and, um, it's entitled grandma loves me from the other side. And, um, it's pretty neat. It's basically just a story about, um, someone hearing, they think their grandmother um, in the middle of the night um, and uh, it's a pretty cool story I actually haven't read it myself but I did read a little synopsis on it so um, yeah let's dig into it and I hope that you guys enjoy it this is grandma loves me from the other side I am a 25 year old female for the purpose of a nominee I will refer to myself as Sabrina. I am from Romania. English is not my native language, but I shall try my best to make the story easy to be understood. My stories contain what you would call angels, spirits, demons, archangels, satanic people doing forbidden seasons of voodoo, and everything, but for this particular story, I sort of believe this is not necessarily a bad encounter. Or so, I lie to myself sometimes. There are many stories that I would love to share with you, and you can either decide to share them, I don't mind, but mainly I just wish to talk with someone who has went through what I did and can understand and empathize with it because with it based on your personal experiences. The one story that I can and will share with you for now. I need time to think if I'm ready to share the less fortunate experiences for now. I live in Romania. Our country has orthodox religion based very similar to Christianity. We believe in God and Jesus Christ with small certain similarities and differences. For example, I don't know if it's the same as Catholics do. We keep the deceased for a night. We call it the sleeping duty, or guard night. We do not take that body out of its house he or she has lived in for their entire life in order to help the spirit find its way to heaven easier. The next two days, as we bury the bodies for three days, we take the body to the church where loved ones, but not relatives, to the deceased may come and pay respects to that person. After this process concluded, we bury the body at the cemetery where the priest will chant prayers, helping the spirit 
of the deceased understand what he or she is no longer among the living as Romanians are very spiritual people and believe in the afterlife. Spirits and even in bad spirits that linger the world unable to move on. Understanding this is important as the story is pretty detailed itself. I had five grandparents, three grandmothers and two grandfathers. My first grandfather, we shall call him Michael, died when I was six years old due to a heart attack in August of 2007. He raised me and his death marked my life ever since because I couldn't grasp the significance of death. I would frequently frequently dream about him and his messages, his signs. I would hear him in my dreams as he would guide me to be a good person and so on. But even then, as a child, I knew what was a dream and what was reality. His wife, whom we shall call Anna, was my adoptive grandmother as my real by blood grandmother named Margaret has died with my mom was when my mom was two years old due to an abortion. I'm not sure if she was trying to abort my mother or a third child since my mother has a brother and she was the second child. During the communist years, 1946 through 1989, Romania had a strict law regarding abortions and women who abort the fetuses on their own in the privacy of their homes by themselves as no medics would agree to help with the procedure due to fear of being sentenced to life in prison. She died of septicemia, and my mother grew up without a mother until the age of six years old. Needless to say, I never met her or know anything about Margaret, my blood grandmother. But this story is about my grandmother adoptive one named Anna. She was a very spiritual, wise, kind-hearted, and intelligent woman. She never had children of her own. She adopted my mom and uncle. Their names are important in this story. My grandfather, Michael, was only dating my grandmother, but after my mother had met her on a family visit on her side in Lasai, Moldova, it's a town in Romania. They got married soon after. My grandfather was a military general, and raising two children of six years and thirteen years was hard. How they decided to get married. Well, it's it was thanks to my mother because as soon as she first saw Grandma Anna, she went straight to her at the age of six, raised her bo- raised her both arms up at her and asked in a jolly child voice, "Hi, my name is Christina." Would you like to be my mommy? My grandmother burst into tears, picked her up, and immediately created a connection with my mother, whom she raised and loved as her own. It was not the same for my uncle, as he was 13 at the time and knew his own mother. Margaret had died, and why he denounced her and made her life much, much harder. After raising my mom and uncle, my uncle had two children of her own. Of, I'm pretty sure, my, yeah, um, she probably meant of his his own. <laughs> my uncle had two children of his own, a boy and a girl. He raised the girl, and when the boy was born, he had 
a calcium crisis that made him faint and hit his head. He refused to raise my my cousin afterwards as he was afraid that would drop holding the holding the baby. My uncle never forgave her for that and hated her even more when I was born. I was the light of their life as she loved my mother from moment one and my grandfather Michael adored my mother. Because I'm a, I'm a replica of my mother, same eyes, same face, same body shape, they immediately took me in and raised me as my father worked in three different jobs and my mom was a pediatric nurse and worked in shifts. I loved growing up with her. Like I said, she was an extremely spiritual person. She loved to meditate. She would tell me about her dreams. She taught me how to decode them and what it meant. She told me about ghost encounters she had in her life and always told me not to fear any spirits that comes close to me in my life because ghosts see us as a beam of light guiding them to God when they are confused. Yes, that was my grandmother Anna for you. She did this until I was 18 years old. We were very close and I was living five minutes away from her so I could visit her daily, sometimes still sleep at her place. Her hobby was to read the future in some cards she had owned. Not tarot cards, but normal cards with some inscriptions she had, she had such as Encounter with Mysterious Man, Beware Crying Child, Careful Dangerous Woman. I can give you the photos of the pack. It's just the words are in Romanian. So, but I can translate them if you wish. Also, I would have to go to my parents' house since I have moved from there and the cards deck remained there. On the new year morning of 2017, I called my grandmother Anna to wish her a happy birthday, or wish, sorry, wish her a happy new year and to let her know how much I and my family loved her and appreciated her. I'd like to mention that Romanians rarely express their love by saying I love you to our mothers, fathers, and grandparents. We consider that you show your love by what you do in your life and how you respect them rather than just say the words. But that night, for the first time in 23 years at that time, in 2017, I felt the need to tell her that. I still don't know why. Her voice changed. You could hear her chuckle in the soft, happy tears as she would hear that, and she said, loves us all back and forever will. Nothing seems suspicious as I'm a very sensitive and emotional woman trying to see the night went emotional woman myself, so the night went on normally. She was at a party. I was with my fiance's house. The next day, I received a phone call from my father who told me that my grandmother, Anna, had died the previous night. I couldn't express in words how my heart simply left my body as if my own existence stopped. Refusing to acknowledge that she was dead, I rushed home, the police was there, and the ambulance was there. They say she died of a heart attack due to the climate change, and same as my grandfather Michael did 11 years ago, before by her by the same cause outside it was cold inside the house was too hot and 
As she was rushing to change her clothes, her heart couldn't handle the temperature change. Her body couldn't balance the heat. It and she died. But what I found particularly weird is the TOD, time of death. I still had her last phone call, 3.15 a.m. The policemen and ambulance staff analyzed her and declared her time of death was around midnight. They said there was no way I could have talked to her at 3.15 a.m. as for by the time the body would have... By the time the body would have already begun the rigor mortis stage, who did I talk to? Because it was her phone number, it was her voice, and she seemed incredibly fine. Call it a sick joke or just medical staff. Time of death error, creepy. During her funeral, I decided to write her a goodbye letter, as I'm very spiritual, and even though no one will read it, I like to consider she took the message I had for her in heaven to pass it down to my other grandmother, Margaret, and two grandfathers, Michael and Peter. I wrote in that letter that I do love her a lot, that I thank her for every sacrifice she has done for me, and that I wish to tell Margaret, a real grandmother, which I had, I've never met because she died from the abortion long before I was born, that I love her too, although I have never met her. I put that letter in my grandmother's coffin, kissed her forehead, and watched her go in her last road. My mom knows about the letter. She yet has asked me about what I wrote in it. After her funeral, I get a phone call from my grandmother. Yes, my nana, Anna. At first, I thought it was my father, as he would still use her phone and let all our relatives from other countries know that she had died. So normally I answer the phone and I hear something unimaginable, impossible, formidable. I hear my Nana Anna. I hear her voice clearly. I hear her laugh, laughly voice with intermittence and the static occurring whenever she would pause. It was a soft, fading voice, but nothing scary, nothing fearful or intimidating. It made me feel like she was indeed there, but I would admit the whole situation did freak me out. She said to me, Hello, dear. I called to let you know I passed the message, and I love you too. I couldn't reply as the phone call hung up right after. It left me feeling so vulnerable as I thought maybe someone played is playing a sick joke but it couldn't be that I saw my nana be buried myself and I saw the coffin be sealed I saw the letter exist inside the coffin until the very last second no one took it out of the out to read it she had three sisters but they were all dead and none of them had her voice no one could have repeated her voice that perfectly But the even scarier part comes after the first phone call after another week. I remember it was during another day of Monday, right one week after the first phone call. My phone starts ringing again under the same number. I answered, already had forgotten about what what had happened, and I hear an old lady, a voice I I couldn't feel familiar. 
I did not know who the lady was. It was a pretty soft but strong voice. It felt like a relatively young woman, but an experienced. I would say around 30 to 40 years or so. I would like to mention that this time I was in the same room with my father and I received the call. Her phone is in front of me on the table and not ringing. I opened her phone as I spoke on my phone. Her phone had no battery and it was dead, closed. But I still got to her phone call. I answered. I hear the weird lady and she goes like this. Hello, sweetheart. You don't know me, but I do. I received your message and I love you too. Then the phone call hangs up again. Needless to say, I started screaming and panicking so hard that my dad immediately went into the telephone service to find out who was playing pranks on us. They went through a profile, numbers dialed and received my numbers was my number was not in the agenda of the calls. So we decided to disable her number. Ever since then we did not receive any calls anymore. But I do go to the cemetery more often and talk to them. This year is the first year from her death, so we're sort of celebrating her memory. But for me personally, I do not celebrate her memory as I feel she was constantly physically with me. I often have dreams of her. She would often visit me at nights. I'm saying dreams because I feel like I'm going insane if I ever conclude that these situations being something other than dreams. I guess I'm trying to thank you for giving me the possibility to share this with you. If you want to share my story further to all the people out there who encounter ghosts or paranormal activity, I'm going to say what my grandmother Anna taught me in my life. Do not be afraid of them as they are just confused lost souls who see you as beams of light helping them to find God. The way you feel about them will conclude in the way they react. So, um, another crazy good story. Um, almost, you'd say, a tearjerker. <laughs> because um, the connection and everything that she had with her grandma was really neat. Or Nana Anna, that she called her. Um, and actually, there's been many stories Well, where um, the person will already be dead that's in their family. Um, and they'll get phone calls. Or what's even more creepy is they'll have a little visit um, show up at the foot of their bed. I've heard some stories of that, too where they'll wake up in the middle of the night and they'll be like at the head of the bed or the foot of the bed and they'll talk to them and be like, you know, before I go, I wanted to, you know, say that I love you and um, all this stuff and it won't make any sense. And then the next day or soon after that, they'll tell, uh, you know, family members will come in, you know, mom or dad, and they'll be like, you know, sitting down with you and telling you what happened that you know papa so-and-so or aunt so and or um grandma so-and-so you know passed away and um you say no he was just here 
So, I mean, just instances like that. I've heard stories like that. But this story in particular was insane because it gets connected with a phone call. This is the first story I've ever heard where um, the dad can communicate through a phone call, um, which was wild. And um, so... And another thing, too, I think that was Meredith, Maribeth, um, Margaret, my bad, not Maribeth, <laughs> Margaret, I think that that was Margaret at the end, um, because she said, I've never met you, but thank you for that letter, and it just kind of as a clarification that they both got the letter, and um, that they both love her dearly. Uh, which is really neat, and it's just kind of like a loving story between ghosts, um, or the dead, if you want to say, um, and the living, a good connection that, that they have there, of course, um, and, uh, you know, of course, people might have different beliefs and different views on this, on the afterlife, but, um, it's always good to have a thought that, Whenever someone passes a family member that you will see them again at some point. Um, or hear from them again at some point, which would be good to know. Um, I myself believe that um, loved ones are always watching you when they pass. And that you will meet them again. Um, you know, I, that's just my belief. And that's just how I was raised. So, um yeah, I definitely have that belief. And I think, you know, it's possible that they can get in contact with you through dreams or through phone calls. That could happen because they're both spiritually involved. Electricity has a lot. Um, sp- um, entities love electricity. It's a, it's a form of power for them. And it just gives them the energy to be able to talk, communicate, and even move things. Um, so really crazy stories there, but, um, um, I think that that's going to be the end for this episode, guys. I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope that you guys like that new theme that we have or not theme, but intro, um, that my, uh, my good buddy, uh, from 20th Century Fox when I used to work there, um, how he just kind of stepped in and he said, Hey, you want me to help you out? I'm, I like your podcast. Um, let me know what I can do. And so I, you know, told him about this intro and it just turns out he's a voice actor. So, um, was really excited to have him do that for me as well and for the whole group. So I hope that you guys enjoyed that as well. Um, but yeah, hit that subscribe button on our Apple podcast and Spotify and always, always write in. Uh, at unexpectedhaunting739 at gmail.com. We'd love your stories. Love to hear from you guys and write us a review on um, all of our streaming podcasts, um, websites, or social media. So, um, hope you guys have a great day and stay spooky, guys. See you guys.